Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. All right. Well, everybody, today I wanted to talk to you on a subject uh, which I entitled um, Lord of Your Breakthroughs in 2021. Because I believe that every year God is wanting us to break through. And by the way, God wants you to break through. And that you get to the end of 2021. This is God's plan for you. You get to the end of 2021. Sorry, I just got out of the camera shot. And you look back and go, wow, there are breakthroughs in my life. I've walked in God's purpose. I've walked in God's plan when it's been great, when it's been challenging. But I've walked in it, and when you get to the end of the year, you are thanking and praising God for the breakthroughs, listen, both internally and externally. Both internally and externally. Sometimes we're excited about the external breakthroughs, but I want to tell you God's more excited in reality about the internal breakthroughs. And sometimes I hear pastors around the world, you know, on different things, and and they're saying, this is your year. This is, God's going to do this, God's going to do that, and he's throwing it out there, and I'm thinking, come on, you need to put in the clause with that, because in God's word, God's always saying, I want to bless you, I want to bring breakthroughs, but he's also giving clauses in the scripture of how that happens. It doesn't just rain down on people just sitting around, well, I'm just waiting for that. No, no, God says we are a part of the breakthrough. Hello, you are a part of your own breakthrough. And you're also called to play a part in the breakthrough of others in Jesus' name. So, but sometimes you get this thing, it's all just going to drop out the sky. Well, actually, the Scripture doesn't quite say that. The Scripture is actually telling us that there's uh, attitudes and hard attitudes and thinking that when we're in agreement with God, in agreement with His Word, God says, I'm able to do it now. And so I'm going to teach you, as I said last week, I can't teach you about how to be in the world, but I can tell you, teach you some things about how to be in the kingdom and how to be in the church and actually see the realities of God's breakthrough in your life. You know, uh, so my first point on the message, Lord of your breakthroughs in 2021, and I've just been thinking about these points over the week, and the first one I felt like the Lord was wanting to say to you today is build expectation for change. Build expectation for change. Come on, I need to say that one more time. Build expectation for change. Everybody at home, online, build expectation for change. You know, uh, there's an uh, amazing passage, really, in the Gospels where there's a blind man, and uh, Jesus comes along, and he's crying out, and Jesus says to a blind man, what do you want me to do for you? Now, if you're in the crowd nearby, you'd be going like, really, you don't need a lot of IQ to answer this question. He's blind. Obviously, he wants to see. But Jesus doesn't see it as an obvious answer. He says, no, what do you want me to do for you? Why would Jesus say to a blind man, what do you want me to do for you? Like, Jesus, like, what? And I want to encourage you, Jesus is actually saying to you, what do you want me to do for you? Online, what do you want me to do for you in Germany, Zambia, Melbourne, around the world? What do you want me to do for you? And Jesus wants us to answer the question. Jesus wants you to answer the question, what do you actually want me to do for you? 
What do you really, really know? Anyway. <laughs> what do you really, really want? <laughs> what do you want? So when Jesus asked the blind man that, that's be, and I was thinking, what are some of the reasons Jesus was realizing would affect his answer? Listen, Jesus knew that if he just healed him outright, and the blind man really didn't understand what he was also losing up, losing in order to gain, uh, then he may not want the miracle. Here's the thing. If you're blind and, you got, and Jesus healed you, just boom. Number one, you lose attention from people. When you're disabled in that day and you're blind, you have attention. You're sitting at the temple uh, receiving arms, receiving money. You've got a lot of attention. People know he's the blind guy. And so now there's a loss of attention that you had. You've got to think about that. Okay, I want God to move, but I'm blind, but I'm going to have, lose my attention. I'm going to lose financial support. His, his income was connected to his blindness. So sometimes we're saying, yeah, Lord, I want you to do that and do this. And do it. Really? The blind man was losing his financial support in order uh, to have the miracle of sight. He would lose his comfort zone. He's probably sat in the same spot at the temple, sitting there for years and years. That's his spot. That he knows how to get there. He knows how to find it. He knows where it is. That's his spot. Well, when he's no longer blind, that's no longer his spot. Other people will be sitting there now. So you're losing your comfort zone. You lose your circle. Oh, be careful what you ask Jesus. Because when you say, Lord, use me, he goes, I'd love to. I want to. That's right. Awesome. But Jesus may, just like the blind man, cause you to lose a circle that was connected to the old you. The blind man would have had other blind people. He would have had other probably disabled people. He would have had other probably broken, poor people who were also begging. He would have had a circle that when he was no longer blind and he could work, um, you know, as a fully uh, able sightseeing person, he would have lost his circle of friends. So, and he would have had to now move on to a new circle, a bit like people when they respond to the call of God. I had to lose a circle of a lot of old people who were not going to come with me now that I saw into God's purpose and plan. And I had to prepare myself, and Sue had to as well, to go, hang on, we need, we, if we're going to see, <laughs> we want to see God's purpose and plan and walk into it, then some people are not going to come with us. He had to lose his cup. I bet he liked that cup. He would have had a cup that took the cash, the money, received the shekels. He would have been, that was his cup. And now that cup no longer was needed because he was no longer blind and begging. He would have to lose his walking stick. The thing that maybe helped him guide him and find his way no longer needed. Also another piece of comfort. So that's why Jesus said, what do you want me to do? He didn't assume the blind man wanted to see because Jesus understood those, the ones I just came up with, and everything else that I haven't come up with. And so Jesus says, what do you want me to do? So Jesus is saying to everybody here, what do you really want? What do you really want? What do you want me to do? Because that is absolutely impacting your future when you decide what you really want. You know, the other thing is too, Jesus teaches us that he wants to fill us, but it happens when we're hungry for him. Matthew 5 verse 6 says, blessed are those. What does blessed mean? In Hebrew, it actually means happy. When you're blessed, you're happy. God, there's a God happiness you cannot get naturally. It comes from the Lord. He says, 
Blessed are those. Blessed means happy, fortunate, good things happen to you, prosperous and to be envied, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And look what God's Word says, for they shall be filled. Come on, they shall be filled. God is saying, I'm looking for hungry, thirsty people who are hungering for me, who are thirsty for me, who want more of me, want to know me, want to have deeper relationship with me, want to hear from me, want to walk with me, and, uh, and you know, want to understand uh, the incredible depths of my word. And Jesus says, when you're hungry and when you're thirsting, you shall be filled. So Jesus is saying to all of us, listen, everybody, is there room in you and me for God in 2021? Is there a hunger? Is there an emptiness? Sometimes you've got to miss a meal to get hungry again, right? Sometimes you've got to miss a meal or, or, or miss, have a big six, seven-hour break to go, well, I'm hungry and ready to be filled again. Jesus says in 2021, will you make room for me? Will you get hungry? Will you thirst so I can fill you? Will you make room in your heart and in your life for me? Here's the next thought. Will you make room for my will? <laughs> I can make room for God, you know, to spend time with God. And I can make room to hear the word. If you're a new Christian, can I encourage, encourage you? Be in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then have a proverb every day from the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Have one proverb. There's 31 there, one for every day of the month. Have wisdom in. But God is saying to me even, and he's saying to you, is there room in you for his will? There may be room in you for him, but is there actually room for his will? Can I tell you that the breakthrough in your life, the first breakthrough or the next breakthrough, is really going to come when you understand that you, you are called to say, God, um, not you need to hurry up, God, and do this by 3 o'clock. You've got till 3 this afternoon. And if you don't do it by then, well, then I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing this, and Lord, I got this, and I got that. No, we need to say, Lord, what is your will? What is your will for me? And Lord, in actual fact, 2021, I'm making room for your will. So by the time you get to the end of 2021, as I said, stay in the camera shot, you get there and you go, wow, this year, maybe for the first time, maybe, you know, again, you're going, wow, I have been walking in the purpose and plan of God for my life. I made room for God's will. I know that this was God's will. Maybe God just, you know, you're in it already and he's moving you along and, you know, you have some great moments and great days, but some challenging days and some, oh, that was another good day. But in the middle of it, you know, I was in God's will. The fulfilled you is the you that knows I'm in God's will. Just look at me, everybody. The fulfilled you in the core of your heart, the core of your spirit, the fulfilled you is the one who's walking in God's will. That's the fulfilled you. Mick Jagger couldn't get any satisfaction. <laughs> he sang about it enough. I can't get no satisfaction. Do you know what? That is most humans on the planet. That is the majority of people. But that is not what your life is called to be. Your life is meant to be fulfilled, knowing I am walking in God's daily plan for my life. My life and Sue's life is not perfect. We have challenges just like you do. But in the middle of it, if you say to me, are you walking right now in God's will for your life? I'd go, yep. Yes, I am. If you said to me, do you think you're missing God's will right now? I'm like, no. Because I keep saying to the Lord, Lord, do you want me to adjust? 
Do you want me to change that? I told you when he said to me, start Tenacious House, that was an adjustment. <laughs> that was a big adjustment. When my dad was an alcoholic who just gave me, oh, hell throughout my whole childhood. And then God says to me as a pastor now, hey, I need you to make an adjustment. I'm like, what's the adjustment, God? I want you to start, you know, a, a center for men where they can overcome addictions and life-controlling issues. And if you remember my response, it was so holy, so beautiful. Start it yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> or get someone else. Or get, I don't know, church, another church in Perth. I'm not starting no center for alcoholics. That's destroyed my life. And God said, no, I need you to do that now. Can you make room for my will? Made room for God's will. One of the most wonderful things we've ever done was to start Tenacious House. One of the most, and it wasn't me, it was we. We, we together. And to see all the amazing men who are coming through, who are absolute gems. I'm just here to cheer them all on and love on them. My issue was not the, the people who were broken. My issue was what my dad did to me. And then God just brought that back up and said, hey, you need to now let that go. And you actually now need to, to uh, do this because I'm asking you to do it. Sometimes God asks us to do things that we go, I, I could never do that. And God goes, no, it's not about you, it's about my grace. When you lean into grace, there's things that you can do that you never thought you could do. There's things right now, a lot of you think, I could never do that, really? Yeah, in your strength, you're right. But in God's grace, all things are possible. All things are possible. So, everybody, let's make room for God's will. Don't call something the promised land if it's not. <laughs> Don't call something the promised land if it's not the promised land. You've got to say, hang on, this is the promised land. All the money in the world is not going to make you happy. All the houses, all the cars, you're not going to get to the end of your life on your deathbed and go, bring the Mercedes in. <laughs> I just need to touch the Mercedes one more time. <laughs> Now, if you are going to do that, you need a little bit of prayer this morning. But, but you're not going to do that. You're going to go, have I lived my life for God? Is this right? Because I'm about to meet him. <laughs> Where's my family? Where's my friends? Where's people I helped encourage into God's kingdom? Where's that? You're not going to be saying, oh, I, need, oh, I haven't put the second bathroom in. I didn't do the renovation. I can't go. You're not going to care less. You're going to go, who, 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 who? And then you're going to look at your life. What did I do? What did I do? God responds to you making room. God responds to you making room. Whenever I see a believer go, I'm making room for God, God's like, boom, I'm there. Right now, Pastor Eli has flown out to Melbourne. Fatima's flying today. Kane's uh, there. Who else is there? Rice is there. A whole bunch leaving. Nick's about to go. The team's going to Melbourne. Pastor Eli's making room for God. And I'm believing that we're going to have a great family on the East Coast, Global Heart Church family, because they're making room. They're making room. They're not di no different to you. Just because he's making room there doesn't mean you're not called to make room. Some people think, oh, yes, Pastor Eli, that's good that he's doing that. He should. <laughs> Hang on. He should. So should you should. All of us should. But it's just different what we're doing. But together, we're all making room so God can do his will on planet Earth. You know, um, things that will stop us making room for God. I was just reading through Proverbs, and it just says, oh, six things God hates. God hates a proud look. Ooh. <laughs> I thought, there you go. That'll stop me making room. God hates a proud look. That means that, you know, when we're kind of like just, you know, got that proud life and proud about what we're doing, and, you know, when we're proud, 
we never admit we need anybody or anything. When we're proud, I don't need anybody, don't need anything. I've just got it together. And yet the Bible is really teaching us that those things will keep us from what God has for our lives. Look at Psalm 10. Oh, wow, this was, this was rich reading this. Psalm 10. <laughs> I'm laughing because when I'm reading, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is so convicting. Lord, you're on the job. You know what you're talking about. Psalm 10 says this. In his pride or her pride, the wicked man, the ungodly man or woman, does not seek him. In all his thoughts, look at this, there is no room for God. I'm talking about making room. And it says here, the wicked man or wicked woman, the proud, there's no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. There's, there's another one. Many times proud people are making money. They're making money. They're prospering. But it says, your word, God, your laws are rejected by him or her. And they sneer at all their enemies, saying to themselves, nothing will ever shake me. He or she swears, no one will ever do me harm. Well, if one thing COVID's doing right now to the world is teaching them you're not in control. Some people for the first time in their life are being told what to do. Stay home, wear a mask, do this. Some for the first time they're having structure and, and they're being stopped in all of their ways and all their plans. And also too, we're realizing we're not in control and, uh, and that life is, life is tenuous. Life is tenuous. People are finding out. Some of the richest people in the world have lost their lives since COVID hit. Wealthy, rich, famous, lost their lives. Life is tenuous. And so the Bible says here, the proud man, nothing will shake me. No one will do me harm. I'm fine. Pride doesn't make room for God, everybody. In fact, it pushes God out. What does pride look like? It's immature pride when we kind of think we know, but we don't. Sometimes when we're talented, natural talents, Every person here has a natural talent, every person. But sometimes we can build our life upon my talents. This is what I can do. I'm a success because I do IT. I'm a success because I'm a businessman. I'm a success because I travel and I do finance. And I'm a success. Listen, those talents came from one person. They came from one person, those talents. They did not come out of a primordial soup. Billions of years ago, when you were a bit of primordial soup, and then you became a cricket, then you became a frog, then you became a lizard, then you became a, I don't know, hang on, I missed the fish. Fish, lizard, monkey, gorilla, and here you are. No! The Bible says you're made in the image of God. Fearfully and wonderfully made. But we need to say, Lord, you gave me the talents, I gave them back. Self-consumption is pride, when everything's about me. <laughs> when we're in a world of one. It's amazing how you can have neighbors who are in a world of one. Anybody got neighbors in a world of one? <laughs> like <laughs> neighbors who will have a party, 2 a.m., and uh, you live in Dunlop City like I do, and it's like they're not even thinking about any other neighbor in the place. And you're like, how do you live a life where it's about you and you ignore the fact that you're living in the city? How does that work? It's a world of one. They've never, ever thought beyond one. Everybody as Christians, we need to go beyond one. I need to move beyond myself, myself to say, hey, this is not, actually, Jared, this is not about you. This is about God and others. Quarrelsome pride, willful pride. You know, it's where we think we need to advise God. <laughs> have you ever advised God? I have, many years ago. A couple of passages in the Bible I didn't like. I thought God needed to just shape them up and work on them. <laughs> and I realized maybe... I was telling God he should have waited till I was born and then called me in for advice. 
<laughs> so, everybody, God doesn't need my advice. In fact, he needs me to have a change of thinking. When I was in religious school as a kid, I can remember them talking about the word repent. You need to repent and all this. And I used to think, what is that? It's like a, is that like a religious icon I need to get and hold up the repent icon? As I, when I became a Christian, I looked up what it actually meant. Repent means change your mind. Did you know that? So the Bible is actually saying, if we're repenting as a Christian, if you're, if you're repenting, I never assume any Christian's repenting. You, never. Never. Because repentance means you're changing your mind. So if you're changing your mind, then your actions will show. So repentance for a Christian is a change of action. Because when the mind changes, so does the outcome. When I change my mind at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, on and on and on, then my actions have changed in line with my repentance. So everybody, I want to encourage you, have a change of thinking and have a change of thinking in the area of making room for God. Here's one of the, a good description of having a hunger for God. Here's what a hunger for God looks like. It's kind of like an ache. <laughs> I think when you have a hunger for God, you have an ache for God. It's like you have a pain for God. You know, um, your body's kind of like, oh, and your heart is like, Lord, I want to know you more. Have you ever cried and just cried and cried over God? Have you ever cried and cried over knowing Jesus? Have you ever cried and cried over God's forgiveness? Have you ever cried over, Lord, I need to know you more. I want to get closer to you, God. I want to, Lord, can I hug you, God? I, I got a pain to know you more. That kind of hunger, God feels. And, uh, and that's why sometimes you will see in the Christian world, which is so interesting, some people are strangely highly anointed and others are strangely just frustrated all the time. Why are some people anointed and God's moving and they're soft to God? And, and why other people are just frustrated? What is that? It's a hunger issue. It's a hunger issue. Do you know, um, you can't feed a full child. If that child's eaten, try feeding a baby and they just turn their heads the whole time. You know, I don't want any more food. I got a, our cavoodle's gone on to, I don't know what's happening at the moment. Our dog's, he just wants to eat all the time at the moment. So I'm getting in trouble from Sue because I like to kind of, oh, bless him, here's one. You know? <laughs> Sue's like, you're going to make that dog fat. Don't do that. And I'm like, oh, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's ready to eat. Listen, everyone. God can't fill you in church. And we can't, our team here in, obviously I'm leading the team, but we can't feed you and fill you and help you get to God's call on your life if you're not hungry. You can be in church every week. You can be in church every service every week. And we can do nothing for you because you come full. I can do nothing for you. If you've come full, I can, get, I can feed you nothing. Can't take you anywhere. We can't do anything for you. And probably sometimes Christians go to churches who are full and they're like, what's wrong with this team? I, I just can't get anything here. I saw that with Joyce Meyer once when she had a leadership session at the conference in Sydney. I'm in Sydney and Joyce Meyer was speaking to all the pastors and she said how a woman came up to her and said to her, Joyce, I need to tell you this story. And this woman had been going to Joyce Meyer's conference every year in America. And she said to Joyce Meyer, Joyce, I was sitting in your conference last year and I said to the Lord, Lord, what's wrong with Joyce? I'm not getting anything from Joyce like I used to get from her. And the woman's telling this to Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer was listening. She said, and I drove home, I got home, and I got into my house, and the Lord said to me, 
The reason you're not getting anything from Joyce is that you're not giving anything out. And in not giving out and loving and serving and doing anything for other people, I've got no room to place anything else in you. You come into the conference, you come into church full, and you go home full, and I can get nothing into you. And he said, until you empty yourself out, until you start to give out, Joyce nor me can fill you with anything else. <laughs> so everybody, you've got to empty yourself out in service, and it starts in the house and then flows to the community. You've got to give out. Otherwise, we're trying to feed a baby that's full. <laughs> I'm trying to, hey, let me put the spoon in every week. Let me put the spoon in. You're sitting there. <laughs> let me give you something to get you to your destiny. I'm trying to put the spoon in. You're like, you're full. You've got to come hungry. You've got to give out. And actually, that's why I'm, that's why, some pastors, I've seen pastors who suddenly, you know, they're off traveling, uh, not traveling, they're off, they're in a church and then they're off to another church and I'll see senior pastors and sometimes other pastors, but senior pastors, I'm like, why did they move from there? I look a little bit deeper. When I get into it, when I discuss it with them later, I find out they're going to a place where they're trying to minister where the people are not hungry. The Christians are actually worldly. So they're full. So God then says, I'm going to take you from trying to feed full people to somewhere where they're hungry. And that's why now the church, to be honest, in South America and in Africa and up in Asia, there is explosion in churches because they're hungry. Did you see what's happening in Iran right now? Oh, my gosh. 3,000 people a month coming to Christ every month, leaving Islam right now in, um, in Iran every month. It's a miraculous thing happening there. And guess what? People are what? Hungry. Hungry. The challenge is to get hungry. If you're in a battle right now, can I encourage you to have great expectation in the battle? The more kingdom effective you are, effective you are, the bigger the battle. The more kingdom effective you are, the bigger the battle. And the closer you get to the target of what God has for your life, the more the enemy is going to get near to try and get you off the target. So I want to encourage you there. If you're in a battle, your challenge is right now is, these, this battle is training wheels for your faith. It's training wheels for your faith. This is the lion and the bear. It's not the giant. Be careful you don't say, oh my gosh, such giants come against me. No, no, no. The giant's probably 10 years away, 20 years away. God's trying to build your faith, strengthen you, prepare you. It's training wheels for the greatness. But if you're effective, kingdom effective, you will have battles. Expect divine provision this year, everybody. Expect divine provision. In 1 Kings chapter 17, God sends Elijah. The brook's dried up. There's no rain. And God sends Elijah to a widow who's got a little bit of olive oil left, a little bit of uh, flour left, and sends Elijah and says, go to her. She's going to feed you. Do you read the Bible sometimes and go like, really, Lord, what on earth? You send a prophet. The brook's dried up. There's no water, no rain. And you say, go to that woman who's got a tiny bit of meal and olive oil left. She's got nothing. Go. She's broke. Go to her, your provision's there. <laughs> God, are you crazy? Spanish-speaking people, are you loco? What are you doing, God? God says, Elijah's got a need, she's got a need, I'm going to bring you together. And when I bring you together, you're going to both resource each other. Everybody, when you come into God's house like my mom did as a broken, she wasn't a widow, but she might as well have been. You come in, she began to bless and serve in the house and began to give in the house with nothing. 
God said, ah, interesting, as you do that in my house to my mom, I'll resource your family, and I'll save your son, and I'll, and I'll. So Elijah says to her, hey, she's like, hey, listen, I'm going to die. <laughs> We're starving. Last meal. And he says, give me the meal. <laughs> Can you imagine? Elijah says, give it to me. She just told him, this is the last thing we've got to eat, last bit of flour, give it to me. And the woman obeys, makes a little cake for Elijah, he eats it, and he says, from now on, the flour and oil will never run out. Whenever you look to make food, I'll make sure it's there. Listen, everybody, God's trying to teach all of us that provision is going to come to us when we, this year, operate by a new level of faith. Faith is being hungry. Faith is doing what God's asking you to do. Faith is making room for God. Faith is making room for God's will. Listen, faith is the trigger for God to move. It's the trigger for God to move. And I've discovered this too. Sometimes God will use the most unlikely people in your life. Right now, for a whole bunch of you, God's using our team and using me. You think you just found a church. No, no, God's trying to use me to trigger you. I'm not just here because you didn't know where to go. I'm here because in the divine moment of God, God goes, go to that church because he's trying to get me to trigger you into your purpose. When Sue and I started to serve the Lord and said, okay, God, we're here. Help us to serve in church. Listen, all of that then triggered our sons meeting two beautiful Christian girls. When Bianca and Kerry came into our sons' lives, we were fully expectant they were coming when they were children. We said, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to put God first with our finances. We're going to build God's house. And God said, as you build my house, I'll build yours. So when I prayed, we were not from Christian backgrounds. We said, Lord, we love our sons to marry godly girls who will love you and our grandchildren grow up to know you. God said, build my house, I'll build yours. So when we did that, God moved them into place. Soon I never once stopped to have to say, gee, I wonder where they're, what they're like, what the story is. They were godly girls. Some of us right now, we don't realize <laughs> that God's using me to say to you, make a change. Because your grandchildren need you to make a change. My grandson, Joel's here. Micah's coming in eight weeks. Woo! They are walking into changes that Sue and I made. So our sons or grandsons already are hearing about Jesus every week. I'm watching Nathan and Kerry bathing little Joel in the bath. They're reading him a story about his creation and how God loves him and God made him at the end of it. He's, getting finished. he's in the bath and it's like, and Jolly, this is all about Jesus loves you. And he's a baby going, oh. And I'm thinking, he's getting this already. Everybody, you set that up. Mom and dad, you can steal God from your family. You can steal God from your children. You can steal God from your grandchildren. But you need to realize when we're in the will of God and doing what God's called us to do, God says blessing is on the way and I'll do it through people you might never choose. Don't you love to, in this story, God's using a broke widow. God used that for Elijah because he was also teaching Elijah, I don't want you to focus on any person. I want you to give your praise to me for the miracle. The fact that I just fed you and took care of you, I don't want you focusing on any person. I want you to look to me. Everybody in the Christian world, we need to make sure that our focus is on Jesus. There's only one superstar. It's Jesus. Hello, it's Jesus. I like to hear messages from pastors and stuff at time, and I'm like, that's great, but don't look to them. Some people are, all, some people are more subscribed to a podcast somewhere in the world than they are to Jesus. We need to subscribe to him. 
and, and put our praise to him. Last one is have an expectation of God to be God. <laughs> have an expectation of God to be God. Christians, have an expectation of God to actually be God. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Sometimes I think, does people think, do they, they go to church, do they actually think God is God? Because God is God. And if God is God, it changes everything. It changes how I walk, changes how I live, changes what I say, changes where I live, changes what I do. If God is God. But also, God is miraculous. And we need to realize that if He's the Savior, He's only going to respond to us when we admit we're drowning. God's not going to respond to people if they don't admit they're drowning. Some people say, I don't know God, I don't believe in God. Well, you know, right away, you put your in place, yourself in the place of God. But when you admit, I'm drowning, <laughs> I'm lost. Like men driving down the road and their wives go with them for hours in the car until finally they say, honey, I'm lost. Should have got a GPS. When we say to God, I'm lost, thought I need rescuing. Lord, I, 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 I'm on the precipice. God goes, ah, oh, okay, I'm here. He will be there when we acknowledge that God is God. Everybody, expect God. Have an expectation of God to be God in your life. Come on, have an expectation of God to be God. And if He's God, tell Him, I'm lost. I'm lost without you. God, I haven't got all the answers without you. Lord, I need rescue. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I'm drowning without God, but with God, I'm alive. God wants to rock up in your life. He wants to rock up in your job. He wants to rock up in your family. He wants to rock up in your grandchildren. He wants to rock up in your future. God wants to do it. He's just saying, make room for me. Make room. I want to do so much more in your life. 2021, I want you to have breakthroughs personally, internally, externally, everywhere in your life. God says, I want to make breakthroughs happen. But it's time to make room for me. This is your year. Come on, this is your year. But we need to say, Lord, help us to make the changes in Jesus' name. Can you stand up with me, everybody? Stand up with me. Come on, team, let's sing for a moment. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.